Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined as always by my fun, reliable co-host Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's usually a whole new discography per episode, except for spinoff EAE singles episodes like this one, where I guess we're discussing, uh, what are we discussing today? Our most underrated albums to make up for the most overrated albums. Top five under, most underrated albums that we've covered on the pod in our, I don't know, three and a half plus year time doing this uh the overrated album uh well i'm sure that ruffled some feathers <laughs> I, I, yeah that's okay because we're not meant to agree in life all right that's why wars exist they exist for a reason but this one i bet you guys aren't gonna watch this one though yeah probably not but it's okay <laughs> there's plenty of great albums that we've there's I would say significantly more great albums that we've discovered on this podcast or, or talked oh, about sure. on this podcast. And I would argue that there are an insane amount of underrated, like of the most underrated albums that we've covered on here. Mm-hmm. So in we've, order to, to we've narrow, we've covered in a lot of underrated bands, but that's, I would different- say, say we've covered more underrated bands than underrated albums, yes. which is the way I narrowed it down to top five. Cause this was not easy. Yes. Uh, I put a few limitations to make it more concrete. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could have ch- chosen a, a wealth of underrated albums, but I chose ones from bands that at least have one other album that people go to. Yeah, that makes sense. Like something that like people know the band or at least acknowledge the band and they have favorites, but these particular albums from these bands get overlooked for whatever reason. I did a uh, a similar method for a similar band. mythology for absolutely you mean methodology Method, sorry <laughs> i like mythology but, better yeah but uh i think it's i think it's fair it's a fair way to do it yeah yeah hell yeah so uh i i guess if, if you want to just jump jump right into it sure let's uh, start from five and work our way up let's do it all right what you got number five for me would be the beastie boys mix up Ah, uh, uh, interesting. You know, I didn't see that coming, although I should have. Yeah. Um, that was uh, episode 34, I believe. Yes. And unlike other albums on this list where finding it can be kind of hard, this seems to be readily available. But also this feels overlooked. It, in, I didn't even know it existed until the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And the wealth of... Uh, bc boys music we got this weird instrumental album well not that it's weird but it's just kind of overlooked yeah and what what because it's instrumental but it's like a austin powersy like what, what would you call that I, I don't know it's very like funk there's some like dub influences on there it's it's easy to listen to. It's light. It's fun. Very light, very funny. I would say it's like the perfect background music, but I have heard some some criticisms of it because of that. Yeah. Um, I I enjoy it. And so I, did I. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's a, a cool thing for a band that was like as popular as the BCs to be like, you know what? We're just gonna do an instrumental album. Yeah, we're we're rappers were one of the pioneering rap groups we're gonna go not only instrumental but they play all the instruments on there i was gonna say they're yeah they're very talented musicians yeah because it's like squeaky clean too yeah it's like they it's it's very it's 
completely unexpected. I mean, hence the name, the mix-up. Yeah, I think if this was maybe in the like ill communication, hello nasty era, people would have been more prepared for it because that feels like there's some like jammy elements and more musical driven. But um, yeah, this is like after to the five boroughs where like that was kind of a return to like rapping rapping and more like electronic mm-hmm. driven stuff and then yeah so this is just a curveball and uh i don't really feel like uh it gets talked about enough it, you think yeah i wonder why that is either either people absolutely hate it or they don't know it exists yeah one of the two or they just listen to it and, and don't think much of it but uh yeah i remember purchasing this and this being like Ah, this is dope. It's nice. It's it's actually perfect summer dinner party music too. Yeah, yeah. you got like a bar, all ages barbecue with some kids around. You don't want bad words flying around. You <laughs> throw the mix up on. There's no words. You know, what? did did the, did the BCs even have a lot of bad words in their songs generally? Uh license to ill is there's some stuff on there. We don't um, count that album, Alex. I don't count that album. <laughs> for me, it's hard to think because they're so the rapping style isn't like punchlines like other rappers or you know big, big hooky courses. A lot of mostly a lot of back and forth. Yeah, a lot of back and forth rhyming. So like, if there is cussing in BC Boys music, it probably goes under the radar. Mm, but yeah, nice pick, nice pick. I forgot about this album. I mean, not completely, but. There you go. Yeah. Even, even to my own co-hosts. Yeah. It is forgot, a good, forgotten about. It that. is a good interest. I mean, I, I, I never forgot that it existed for yeah, sure. Yeah. And especially because uh, the BCs have been coming up a lot lately. I'm literally going to one of their exhibit things tomorrow. Oh, nice. Um, So it keeps coming up. They, they keep coming up. They were even on our overrated list, my yes. overrated list. Uh, but I do love the band a lot. There I have a lot go. of fondness for these guys. Um, My number five, my number five, fifth most underrated album and this one went back and forth between another one that i could talk about for sure but i went with honky by the melvins there we go and that is i mean with with a a band as underrated as the melvins they they're at least respected yeah they got some staples some like go-to and they have a thousand albums all of which we covered so we covered (laughs) this one it was the last album on uh on the first part episode we did on them which is Mm -hmm. episode 100 and uh I never heard it. It's really hard to find. It's not streaming. And now it's not even on YouTube. It's, oh, it's gone. You have to find it some other way, which is a goddamn shame. Yeah. Glad uh, I own it. Because when I first heard it, I was like, we would, it, 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 when did it come out? It came out after, was it a stag? Uh, that sounds about right. Let me if double check. Just guessing. Yeah. It came out after stag in 97. And that was, I mean, it's the first album they put out after their drop by atlantic yeah you'd expect there to be some goofiness i mean there plenty of people like stag it was a, a, a best by my brother on that episode uh, it is a cool album but it is a weird album i was expecting more of that strange era that strange atlantic era of melons and it is i don't want to say return to form because they never sounded like that before mm-hmm. but it was like all right we're going full weird again we're not fucking around at all we're, we're going not that stag wasn't weird stag was weird but yeah it was abrasive and noisy. It has shit like lovely butterflies on there. It has another song. In there. I forgot. I'm forgetting the name of it, but just a full on 
electronic noise piece. It's like a lot of really crazy shit along yeah. with some really pretty shit. There's a lot of pretty shit on there. Was was that the one with the where they do the song with the girl? Uh, which girl? Yeah, there's like a singing with a there's like female vocals on it. Oh yeah, yeah, it's that's the opener. The oh, yeah, the yeah, be slaughtered. Yeah, yeah. Um and it's just delightful. There's some stuff I for sure don't like like I was the the noisy electronic thing was is like how minus minus plus plus minus minus yeah um that one's a uh, a little a little hard to sit through but <laughs> goddamn there's i mean the closer in the freak uh in the freak toast the bugs are dying that it is just as good as any any of their anything that when you imagine the melvins mm -hmm. hard-hitting complicated it has like the quintessential melvin style riff i can't really explain what it is but you know the band you know that kind of it is that song in a nutshell but it's just completely swept under the rug. I don't know anybody that really talks about this one. Uh, it fucking rules, and I wish it was easier to get a hold of. And, and that, plus the zany shit, like uh, laughing with Lucifer at Satan's Sideshow, like, like kooky and hilarious. It's super fun, but uh, in the song, there's like a bunch of samples uh, of... I don't know if it's like their manager calling them saying, Hey, Hey dude, you guys are not selling. You're not doing well. Yeah. Atlantic is not happy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just funny shit like that. Um, plus legitimately good. I mean like lovely butterfly is, is one that, um, that kind of stuck around for, for a few years, but for everything else, I, I don't really hear any of this stuff come up when you talk about Melvin's. No. Uh, yeah. They have a lot of albums that are easy to overlook, uh, especially their like, in the more like modern era it's so crazy because like i had to check my like like 2010 is a long time ago it it is now a long time ago yeah. and this is i mean this is even longer this is many many it's like 25 years ago but yeah in this like arguably like their most popular time i guess yeah off the heels of atlantic and all that yeah it gets uh gets overlooked it does yeah so that's why i think y'all if you're if you're malvin's fan and you haven't heard it yeah must you must all right you know what time it is you hairy fucks manscaped is now selling beer products that's right they're once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new beard hedger pro kit from beard trim to a fresh shave the technology behind the beard hedger pro kit allows you to shape your signature beard look now you can find these manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpets by going to manscaped.com and using code eae for 20 percent off and free shipping don't let the bushy grizzled bearded man in front of you discourage you i in fact believe it or not shave quite often and i do this with Manscaped's Beard Hedger, and I am not going back. It is the most, and I mean this, the most convenient piece of grooming equipment equipment that I own and use. It's got 20 guard lengths with one guard. I mean, it sounds like not that big a deal, but I'm a fucking psychopath. And I swear, every time I went to shave... Literally every time for the past, how old am I? Long time, years. I jumble through my little fucking bag with all the guards trying to just find anything. It's it's a nightmare. I fucking hate it. I'm neurotic and I like things organized and, and simple and neat. So this has just changed everything. I'm not going back. I'm not using another razor ever again. It's just so convenient. And 
Also, I don't like shaving with a fucking uh, whatever the fuck to the face. I don't like the the face. I don't like the smooth. I don't like smooth. I've never liked having a smooth face. Sure, I can't grow a beard, but I also don't like fully clean shaven. It feels weird and naked. I always have a stubble and I always like to have a right amount of stubble. All right. All right. So this is it's fucking it's, it's brilliant. All right. And also, also, I recently uh, decided to take it in the shower with me uh, out of uh, pure time saving factor. That's the right way to put that. And it was a dream. I'm never going back. Shit, use it in the fucking shower. Your, your, the hairs on your face will be softer because of the hot water. It, it, it's, oh God. <laughs> Not only is it way easier on your face to shave it in the shower, but it also, there's no mess. All right, I don't think I need to tell you fuckers that. You probably all got little tiny hairs all over your sinks right now. But the Pro Kid doesn't end there. They have created four dermatologist tested formulations for your post-trim care. First is the beard shampoo and conditioner. Uh, you need to remember all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kid has made shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's beard oil, an essential piece for your main facial accessory. No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both in the beard and the skin beneath, while adding a little shimmer and shine, making you look extra goddamn fine. Cap off the kit with a beard balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, and moisturizes. Uh, and it's for a sculpted look to attract any fellows or dames. The Beard Pro Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So you get 20% off and free shipping with the code EAE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code EAE. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths, one massive hog. All right. Where were we? Anyway, next. Number four. Um, history has kind of course corrected this album, but I still feel like it's underrated. I'm going with Thin Lizzy's Thunder and Lightning. Ah, that is episode 50. Yes. Thin Lizzy was almost on my list. It yeah. wasn't that album, but it was a Thin Lizzy album for sure. That was their last album. It's their last album. Um, and I I think at time of release, the reviews were not kind to it mm -hmm. i'm not 100 percent sure how it how it's sold but i think history is kind of course corrected this a little bit but i still think the songwriting on here is awesome it's it's heavy and it's just like it's so crazy how like no offense to the boys are back in town but that's arguably like their most their biggest song yeah and like here is just like you got like the opener that just like rips and I think it's just like funny the way Phil Lenat says, God damn. Yeah. Um, it's just it's fun. Um, the holy war is like if you like, you know, gallopy metal songs, like it's just so good. And they were pioneers of a whole gallopy guitar money kind of thing anyway. For sure. And then like cold sweat, it's just a a fun fucking rocking song and it closes with heart attack which is awesome too aptly named and yeah you got you got some ballads on side too like someday she's gonna hit back and baby please don't go mm -hmm. um and yeah i just think it's one of their stronger outputs but maybe because it's towards the end and it wasn't as well received as at time of release, it gets overlooked with your your um, 
jailbreaks and bad reputations and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Not to mention it came after, it was following Renegade, which is arguably one of the worst fucking albums. Um, I don't know which one I gave worse to, I forget, but Renegade was, I think you gave worse to Renegade. Maybe. Um, No, no, no. You gave worse to, to Nightlife, I think. Or, or or was it fighting? I think it might have been fighting. So, so I think you gave. Ago. I think you gave worse to fighting. I think I gave worse to Renegade. Yeah. Um, either way, it's not great. Uh, and then Thunder and Lightning is like legitimately good. You know, it, it's just yeah. It was. It's an unexpected album, and especially a long discography and career easily swept under the rug. It's easy to to assume that the last album is going to be the worst. Yeah. And, and especially with big discographies. Also, I think like we're not like in the mid 80s yet, but I feel like the 80s bands were going going sleeker. And this is like one of their grittiest outputs. It's gritty, but it is sleek when it comes to the solos. Yeah. I think the solos were shinier than ever on that album. OK. okay. Uh, pretty shreddy. I uh, Yeah. The, the title track and Cold Sweat are just fucking grit good grit and it is heavy their, shit. i mean it's their only like we can probably classify as a heavy metal album from the band period like even though they always did fuck around with the harmony iron maiden kind of stuff yeah jailbreak and bad reputation gets close but they always like broke it up with like ballads or not just like, ballads but thin lizzie ballads or, or like yeah. a specific thing they're very unique they're not yeah, they're not like normal. Ba- they're- no, I they're much. I like them much better. Uh, yeah, I have a f- oh, strong f- Romeo. <laughs> I, I have such a fondness for this band. Uh, I don't love everything they've done, but goddamn, I do think the they're good. Shit is amazing. They're one of the most underrated, well beloved bands. Underrated, like classic yeah. rock bands. I do think they deserve to like be talked about. In the the same vein as you know the the quote unquote greats, but yeah. they they seem to get reduced to like that that B level classic rock act, and it's because they're Irish and no other reason, as far as I know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, my number f- ah, where's my mouse? Number four, my number four. That one uh, was on episode one thirty eight, and that's "See You on the Other Side" by Mercury Rev. Oh shit! That was a uh, I believe their best album. It's my favorite album by them. Um, where is it? And this, so there's a pretty decent sized discography. They have a lot of good albums, lengthy albums, lengthy albums for the most part. Um, they're not, they're not too bad, but uh, it's a band that, you know, it's not going to, it's not a band that's going to win everybody over. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to be into that Fleming lip style of indie or whatever it is, but they have a lot of good albums. A lot of them, I think can, can contend for a best but all a lot of the attention seems to be on deserter songs which is the album that came out after see you on the other side see Mm -hmm. you on the other side because see you on the other side almost broke the band up because of how poorly it was received and not only that not only is it a great album and i what i feel is their best album it is the album that they put so much effort and, and heart into yeah and they were really proud of it and they really liked it and the world just, just didn't fucking care yeah and it's uh it's an absolute travesty it's insane because yeah they have like a lot of great albums i think you gave best to all his dream mm-hmm. uh and I, I i i was a huge fan of secret migration i think that's a great album even strange attractor i thought it was a fucking awesome album and or um was it strange attractor or snowflake midnight i think it's snowflake midnight 
Snowflake Midnight is the is the 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 main album. Strange Attractor is the like the ambient one that they. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna double check that just to be safe. Yeah, that's right. So Strange, sorry, Snowflake Midnight, yeah, is the the main album. That's the one that I think is fantastic. Strange Attractor is not good. It's it's more of an ambient kind of uh, accompaniment companion album. Um, but Stealing Side is fucking. It's just so rad. The songs in there are so interesting and unique and and really pretty in in a. I don't know, in, in very characteristic of this band kind of ways, which is a convoluted sentence, but mm-hmm. uh, they had a certain style that, like in their, their early days. I think that the album, um, oh shit, I'm forgetting my history of this band. Yeah, so this is also the first album where the original singer Dave Baker left. So it was them finally like trying to start a whole new thing and push forward with this new sound. Um, cause the, the first two albums are, are fairly different. This is like the beginning of what we kind of recognize as Mercury Rev mm-hmm. in their prime. Uh, and it, I think they just absolutely nailed it. It's a fucking fantastic album. And the fact that it, it was received so negatively and then sent the members into a depression. I, I forget which, which of the two members or two main members, uh, just kind of crumbled into alcoholism and it was bad. Like they almost didn't make it out of it and they, they pulled deserter songs and it was hugely successful and it kind of brought them back. But I think it's the better album. I think yeah. it's easily the, the better album by quite a bit too. Not that deserter songs is bad, but it's a, it makes me so goddamn sad. Like it's how good do you have to fucking be for someone to notice, man? Jesus Christ. It's a great album. Just, just luck. Just luck. Might as well just be luck. But your next pick. My next pick, uh, and now I'm I'm getting into the the weeds a little bit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Diggable Planets Blowout Comb. Oh, oh, ah, oh, that's not bad. Not that bad. That is arguably their greatest album ever. But when you like. People know Diggable Planets from Reaching. Re- a, yeah. a new refutation of time and space. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 123, by the way. Yeah. They know that one song and then Blowout Comb is just like not talked about the way I think it should be. I think it's a classic 90s hip hop album. Um, it's and better I- in every way. And the, yeah, first one, yeah. And uh, I wasn't expecting something a little darker, but that's not what makes it better. It's it's this better songwriting, yep. and better songs, more consistent front to back. Uh, it's an album that definitely needs a a re release reissue. I think it is streaming though, mm-hmm. so it's not like obscure, obscure. It's but, not lost, but for a band that's like. I don't even know if if the song off reaching is considered a hit, but for lack of a better word, a one hit wonder. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Basically. Like, what's the song again? That one, you know the one. <laughs> Watch us get flooded on YouTube for for just singing it like that. Uh rebirth of slick. Cool like that. Cool like that. Cool like yeah. that. Like that's the song, but I promise you people, blowout comb is better in every way. And yeah, I mean, top to bottom, better in every way. Yeah, it's a massively, massively overlooked '90s hip hop album, and uh, you know, it's right up there with like The Roots or like 
most deaf or any of these tribe tribe mm-hmm. any of these other de la soul any of these other conscious hip-hop acts that are are bigger more popular and legendary blowout comb stands stands solid against all these other ones so it also really improved upon the jazz elements compared to the, the first album yeah the first album's kind of straight ahead what you would think with jazz and hip-hop yeah but blowout comb is just like doing doing new things especially in 94 like yeah it had its own personality it had its own style they were distinguishable from the rest with that album for sure and for some reason history and time is this like not kind of this album but it's it's amazing Listen to it and listen to the episode too while you're at it. Please do. And damn. All right. My number three, third most underrated album uh, that we've covered. And that is Psychohead Blow Up by White Zombie. Oh, shit. Episode 53. Man, that was. Uh, so people, everyone, everyone knows White Zombie, but very people, very few, very people, very few people uh, have actually, I think, sat down and listened to the early shit. And I, I think. M- more have more now, now. More, more now than like because they were reissued finally yeah, yeah then like 20 years ago this shit was hard to find wait what year did they reissue all the all the early stuff because <sighs> it was like a big giant box set i yeah. know you bought it oh yeah i was gonna say yeah i it's just an error i'm like so fascinated with i bought that uh um, it's a great error it's 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 a formidable era of the band that that they kind of um they've obviously embraced it more recently but for a while they were just like burying trying to bury it mm-hmm. it was released the box set is called it came from nyc and it was released in 2016 by the new marrow group who yes this also uh i s- see on your notes weirdly enough did all of unwound's oh, discography right. That's right yeah that record label just does fucking great great work uh check that record label out yeah for sure um so psychohead blowout is their first i maybe you can call it an album or it's it's <laughs> kind of like an e, it's basically an ep yeah it's like a long ep um it's an ep that they don't put the the letters ep out <laughs> the, on the end of it uh, came out 1987 and i think it's the best record they ever did it's not even close to what people recognize as white zombie obviously they think of no this is a different different band different band completely everyone obviously you think of thunder kiss 65 or more human than human but this was before rob zombie started it was way before he started doing that it was like a good two like a good two albums maybe before he started singing like that yeah and it's incredible it holds up with any noise rock album it's so fucking fascinating it's put together like a beast it's raw and gritty as shit it's not recorded the best because of the era and the mm-hmm. um just the type of band that they were it's chaotic and it, it's i think the most inventive creative songs they've ever done and um, that's including soul crusher which is like the i guess the one people go to more because mm-hmm. it's like a, it's a full length they were still kind of noise rock and weird I, I think that one was before all the reissues was also like slightly easier to get your hands on for some reason i think so it was yeah it, it was i don't know um, that one didn't, I know you didn't like it. Uh, I'm not, I wasn't too big on it. I think it was fine, but it was just kind of crazy. And, um, I don't know. It just felt like any other noise rock album, but Psychohead Blowout was, oh man, it just, 
I like it <laughs> almost as much as any other Jesus lizard type of thing. Sure. Or and yeah, those were like their their peers when they started. Yeah, along with like swans. I mean, New York, or New York noise, New York in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, some people we call it pig fuck, although it's like a really obscure term. Uh, even fans of of what would be considered pig fuck don't even know the term. So it's like I don't even know where it came from. But scratch us, it was was considered pig fuck. The, yeah. I think this era of white zombie, uh, early swans. Look, it's already a form of music that's pretty inaccessible. I don't think it needs the label pig fuck thrown <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> Listen, does it not make perfect sense, though? <sighs> I think it does. Yeah. Uh, it's a rad fucking album. It, it, it pumps me up. It is not clean or uh, it's not even heavy, really, because they become extremely heavy mm-hmm. and they become white zombie and people like that. But. It's like it's like the, it's like the album that white zombie fans wouldn't like, essentially, because <laughs> it sounds absolutely nothing like them. But it sounds just like all the bands that I fucking love. Yeah, uh, all the you know the eighties noise rock stuff or, or late eighties, early nineties. It's fucking rad. Uh, I th- I didn't think I would like it because I'd heard it a few times, at least a few times growing up, because uh, my brother was big into white zombie, and then mm-hmm. we found out that they were a different thing and then that kind of got you know that blew up uh in our household but i never really like gave it the time of day and then going back to it as an adult it's just it fucking rules it absolutely rules i think it's better than anything they ever did including anything rob zombie ever did i think that mm-hmm. fucking this one record is just a goddamn diamond amongst all of it i still like the other stuff but not nearly as much as this man mike's passion for that i'm might listen to it after we're we're done here. It's so fun. It was yeah. still when when Rob sang all real, real more, siren-y and, and high. He's more weaselly and less devil man. Yeah. Devil man. Yeah. Wait, it's always a different man. He's a different man. Uh, and it felt so like I don't want to say authentic, but even looking at photos from photos from that era, it just seemed way more of what they were that's the cool thing about the box set too is all the photos all the photos in the book you get with it yeah yeah it was before they started implementing all the spooky stuff and and slasher b-movie stuff uh that obviously rob is passionate about and that's mm-hmm. what he is and that's clearly what he wanted the band to be from the, from the get-go but early on they didn't have the means for it, didn't have the money for it or, or the, the the popularity for it. Mm-hmm. So they were just this dirty noise rock band and it, it fucking ruled. Yeah. It absolutely ruled. God damn. But next. Um, my second pick, probably no surprise to Mike, but uh, I'm going to go with X's. Hey Zeus. Hey Zeus. Yep. Uh, it's a fucking solid album that is not streaming. Probably... Nope hasn't even gotten a reissue i don't believe it has and yeah so it just gets lost in this band that has a great discography episode 14 by the way was our first video episode i'm i'm getting a theme with myself here where bands last very very last well they recorded a new album which we also covered yeah alphabet land which came out like 2020 or something maybe 21 i don't know um but yeah jesus was their last album for a long time and yeah i was like oh it's not it's not streaming the band's probably ashamed or, or hates it but um it's really good i think it's it stands up with the rest of their discography like the opener is 
one of the heaviest things they've done. Um, you still get like, you know, n- nice, like stereotypical X songs like New Life and Country at War. Um, Big Blue House is this kind of cool because I'm weirdly attracted uh under the big black sun and See, that- it is an underrated x album i think it's just yeah. i think it's the second best album oh really yeah under the big black sun yeah. oh okay yeah, yeah. yeah and so like yeah big blue house feels like something from that era and yeah hey zeus uh i don't know if people hate it or if the band hates it but either way it does not deserve any of the 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 reasons for not being on streaming it's just it's completely buried and it's yeah. also like the only album that feels like a a, a new a whole new direction it's like it does for sure it's obvious I mean, it's the only album they put out in the 90s and it feels pretty 90s like, like it came out six six years after uh see how we are mm-hmm. so it was like a whole bunch of shit that happened in, in the meantime in I, I think um i think billy zoom left i don't think he was on jesus mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken or no, he left before that. I think he left in, a, in an earlier album. But uh, it's it, it it felt like a whole new band. It was like these legitimately good '90s songs uh, with just like hints of of the X that we're familiar with. Yeah, in spite of it's one of those albums where like in spite of everything, the gap and not having Billy Zoom, like it it fucking works. It's good, and um, that's part of the reasons we started this podcast. Is like. You know these these albums no one talks about, and how do they hold up with you know an album like Los Angeles or Wild Gift? And obviously those are classics, but I do not think this is worth avoiding at all. Like I think yeah, they have worst albums for sure, and that for sure is more fun in the new world. <laughs> yeah. Or is it Ain't Love Grand? No, Ain't Love Grand is the is the worst one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, um, it's probably streaming on YouTube or, you know, if you see like a physical copy or something, if you're a fan of X and you've never listened to this, I highly recommend it. Yeah, there's like so many bands where you like the band, but you're not going to listen to every single album. Mm-hmm. And you're especially not going to listen to that weird last one that nobody talks about that's hard to find. Yeah, why? Like, why would you go out of your because we've done bands before where things aren't streaming due to the band just not trying to bury it the clash (laughs) oh yeah 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 they're just not like fans of the album or or maybe it's so like drastically different like the first two pan pantera no it's the first four pantera sorry that's a lot it's a lot they were a whole band before cowboys from hell and yeah they were bad albums and this episode 12 this is nothing nothing like this this is a really good solid album that i think fans of x will enjoy i agree i think it's insanely underrated solid fucking album uh deserves at least to be streaming whoever the hell owns it uh but my number two my number two second most underrated album that we've covered the party's over by talk talk oh shit now talk talk is a band that i have gushed about endlessly ever since we done we did the episode was uh, episode 108 yes life-changing fantastic episode incredible band one of the most impressive short discographies of all time that also, that's a good pick. Looking at the discography, that's a fucking excellent. Like pick. what what they did at the end. Obviously, they did. They ended it with Laughing Stock, which 
well, along with Spirit of Eden, basically invented post post rock, yeah. which is like okay, wild. And and then how those albums were recorded is insane, and, yeah, and ridiculous. But they started out as a straight up new wave band, and we all know it's my life. We all know mm-hmm. the No Doubt cover of it. But uh, and what I I was gonna give it uh, Color of Spring because I think it's their best album. It's my favorite album by them, and I think it's like a perfect blending of all the things that they did it's a brilliant album and i don't feel like it gets talked about um when you compare it to to the last two albums or it's my life which has all like the you know the famous song on it mm-hmm. but color of spring was pretty well received it did very well and this is why and it's why they were able to make spirit of eden yeah the party's over on the other hand is a fucking fantastic new wave album that no one talks about that's nope. true, yeah. And I don't even know why. It's incredible. Yeah. In terms of just straightforward new wave albums, it's hard to it's hard to match that one. It's it's fun from what I remember. It's super fun. I think you gave you a personal favorite, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Uh every song rules. It is it's fun as hell. It's goofy and silly and new wavy and kind of silly and, and honestly a little stupid and maybe it hasn't aged that well. But the songs they were they were that good songwriters even at the very beginning. Oh, for sure. So like they they kept growing and progressing and expanding and eventually inventing a whole new genre, but uh I think that's it's that's why it's so easy to just forget that they they were always good. Mm-hmm. This band was always fucking good. <laughs> I love it. I haven't heard it in a while. Yeah. Uh but it seems like I mean even with the the I don't want to say, well yeah even with the popularity of Laughing Stock and Spirit of Eden, uh, I think pe- people still mostly go to It's My Life. Yeah, I was gonna say they have uh, an album with a hit song on it, and then they have two like legendary albums that people want to pick apart and analyze. So yeah, the party's over. Gets Color Spring is also underrated, but I th- but. St- it's still an album that people can look to as like, oh, they were, it was, it was still a, an innovative thing. They still mm-hmm. did a whole bunch on that album that they never did before. Whereas the party's over is like, you can kind of lump it in with any new wave album. It's just, it's just as, uh, I guess, structurally basic as that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's solid. It's really good. There's nothing wrong with that album <laughs> and maybe just another new wave album, but it is fucking awesome. For what it does, it's it's fucking great. Hell yeah. So check out that episode and this band. I mean, any album. Mm-hmm. Honestly, It's My Life is their fucking worst album. But it's still <laughs> not even that bad. But every other album, y- 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 this band rules. This band yeah. fucking rules. All right. Number one? Number one to the shock of absolutely no one, and I do mean no one, is Electric Light Orchestra's Time. <laughs> Oh my, of course, <laughs> episode one before there was any video, of course, I like it's the first episode we did and I was so floored by how different this album is <laughs> fucking goddamn ELO <laughs> fucking time, man, how like crazy it is. I love, I love this album so much and like, I don't so much so that I went on uh friends of the podcast unsung i went on their podcast <laughs> to spread the gospel to spread time. the gospel and talk about time Jesus. and like i i even convinced those guys also shout out to those guys if you hell like yeah. our podcast you'll like their podcasts hell yeah, uh, they, hell co- yeah. they cover some great stuff um cover a lot of things we've covered uh 
they're they do good work over there but so yeah i've talked about this album pun intended three fucking times now. man <laughs> mike fucking hates it I, I i don't hate it as much as some of their other albums yeah, but for I'm, sure yeah i'm not just like picking it to like get a rise out of him i i genuinely <laughs> think it is like in like fascinating it's very electronic driven i don't think it sounds like any other yellow album because you have like the prog era you have the classic era you have this boring like blues driven jeff lynn's yellow era and this is just a concept album that like uh people have have recognized but i still don't think it's like you know not talked about the way their other their other albums are i'll tell you uh i don't think uh you're you're trying to you're deliberately trying to get a rise on me because you know i don't like the album it is your genuine love of this album that infuriates me so much i hate i hate seeing you happy and i hate seeing you oh, happy for, for an album this bad <laughs> no it's crazy um like when i did the unsung podcast the uh, they pointed out how like they want to go as far as to compare um, this one song specifically to which is another heartbreaks where that is like an air song the band air yeah um, that is like an air song before the, it's air existed and then they went so far as to like compare it to like the Walker's brother the electrician oh that's 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 wild oh they weren't they were like obviously the electrician is a crazy crazy thing episode 126 by the way walker brothers um but yeah they're really doing a lot of different stuff and i think it was misunderstood at the time some artists have come out and been like no this album does actually rule but uh i think you know if you you went to like a, a Jeff Lynn concert. I don't think a lot of people there would be stoked if he played stuff off this album. I don't think so. Well, also because there are a thousand incredible ELO songs that they're there to see. I, he's one of the greatest, most consistent songwriters ever. Of all time, yeah. So I get that. It's a, it's a, it's a lengthy discography, but to, it, to be fair, uh, if they played if, if Jeff Lynn played anything from the first album live, everyone would be pissed off and I would be jizzing in my pants. They ELO probably has like five albums that could be considered underrated. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, easily. Uh, they do have a million albums. But yeah, I think if you're a fan of electronic music, if you're a fan of weird music or like zany music like this, you need to listen to this album. It. It is not their worst album. I will. It, I, will give, <laughs> I should go back to it because it, uh, it's been years since I've heard it. Yeah, uh, obviously. And back then it was our first episode. And it's like one of those th things where uh, even though it was the first episode, it's it's like the only episode that we have where it sounds different than all the other episodes. Mm -hmm. Like the format wasn't completely ironed out. The, the music audio sounds really bad. Because uh, I hadn't figured out how to balance it yet. We were trying to wrap it up in an hour. We, we crammed 14 albums in one hour, which is <laughs> not what we do anymore. Uh, but the thing is, 
I stand by everything I said in the episode. I had yeah. the same exact picks for what I think is best and worst and my, what I like the most and whatever. Uh, I don't think there's anything to like addendum that yeah. episode. It just sounds bad on, on a technical level. I, th- I think I agree where like, I mostly feel the same way because uh, when I did it a second time, uh, they were like, yeah, we kind of like to cover like the lead up into the album. I was like, Oh fuck. So whenever I recorded the unsung podcast, uh, whenever that was, I did like two discographies in one, <laughs> one week. <sighs> Um, but I wasn't, I had done that and I had my notes previously and yeah, yeah, I, I pretty much felt very similar. So not much has changed in, in three years regarding my feelings on ELO as well, but good band, good, good freaking man. Great band. This like specifically, uh, yeah, it has more in common with like eighties new wave stuff. Than for sure classic rock or classic yellow 100 but there's still a lot of big like string production this is still an orchestra uh time and time now you bombard me with this fucking album what time it's time (laughs) oh lord well Uh, i guess hopefully i'm i'm probably not done talking about this album no i I think it's gonna be like your your legacy yeah is championing this album yeah if there's ever a documentary or like focusing specifically on that album (laughs) they're gonna be like we he needs to be one of the guys talking about how much that album rules you're gonna scream it from the rooftops i practically have Three times now, so yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, my number one, and this was it wasn't easy. I can give a lot of things number one, but this one, I I think I stand by this one, and it is with the opposite of ELO, mm-hmm. where if I can go back and redo this episode, I have a very different picks. Oh shit! And that number one, Duty Now and for the Future by Devo. Oh shit! Episode three. Yeah. Uh, it's Devo's second album. It is the one that gets completely forgotten in between Are We Not Men and Freedom, Freedom of Choice. Mm-hmm. And I think, so I gave it personal favorite and I gave Freedom of Choice best. And I I don't know for sure, but I think these days I would probably give this best as well. God damn. This is one of the most underrated albums of all time. I cannot believe that it doesn't get talked about in the same, the same prestige as at least... Are we not men? Mm-hmm. Um, because it takes so are we not men is basically like a, a punk album with some wackiness to it, a little bit of wackiness, but there's a lot of like straightforward. I mean, oh, I mean, the opener alone on Control Urge is like a straightforward, you know, 70s punk song, mm-hmm. uh, along with some of the uh, like gut feeling is a little bit more on the epic side, but still, it's not a weird song. I, I mean, duty now for the future. I said duty now and for the future because I'm an idiot. Uh, the songs on this album are what I think Devo pitched themselves as. Yeah. Like these strange robot inspired goofy. Uh, we're going to, we're bringing electro electronic into, into rock. Mm-hmm. Freedom of choice was way more. We're going to, going to add a bunch of synths and keys and it's going to be very dancey. Even though it's a great album. This one is complicated rock songs with a, ton of electronic elements and it's i think i don't know any other albums like it there's so many fascinating weird quirky songs on here that they don't really fuck with too much like 
an easy an easy one is swelling itchy swelling itching brain which is a good ass song great song but it's also there, there are very few songs like in their entire discography because it, it, it all revolves around a descending chromatic scale uh just half steps going downward mm-hmm. and and then, and then eventually going up so it's just uh chromatic scale down and then a chromatic scale up simple stupid nothing but then they start adding in these weird twisted layers and all of a sudden it's this really nauseous sounding song mm-hmm. and not to mention it's really driving and catchy and it's it repeats a million times so all of a sudden this weird unusual twisted nauseating song is stuck in your head it's it's fascinating <laughs> and then you get uh, another song like Timing X, where it's instrumental, but it is, it's basically a prog punk electronic song. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Every song is is strange and unusual in its own way. And it, it's the only, in my eyes, in my heart, it's like the only true Devo album. Because Whip It is like a, a new wavy dance song. It's a good song. I like the song a lot. But it's like, all right, it's, it's clearly made for an 80s audience. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, are we not men it's it's like, okay this is just a late uh late 70s punk album with some quirks uh duty now for the future or i keep saying i keep adding the word and duty now for the future is unlike any other it's highly highly underrated if you like devo at all even if you don't like devo this album is fucking incredible incredible that, that's an interesting choice because yeah the first three albums like kind of this view as as one thing but uh I will say, you know, at least Devo, you know, they put out the hardcore compilation yeah. where it's like early, early songs. Yeah, yeah, that was even, I would say Duty Now for the Future uh, is the close, those songs I think are mm-hmm. closer to Duty Now for the Future than anything, even including Are We Not Men. I think you s- maybe even said that on the. Maybe, maybe. It has been a while. It's been it, a real long while. It was uh, episode three. There, there's no video for that one. But yeah, uh, I'm a fan of like Pop Devo, whatever. But uh, Pop Devo is cool. Yeah, I have no problem with it. Like I said, Freedom of Choice, I still think is really good. And there's a good argument for it being best. I certainly gave that argument on the episode. But in terms of being a truly brilliant, unique thing that no mm-hmm. one else did, Duty Now for the Future is untouched. I mean, like it's... I still can't think of another album that sounds like it. It's it's so fucking good. I less accessible for damn sure. Way less accessible than than any of their good albums. There is one oh, I would say maybe early ecstasy. Yep, that's close. That is close. That is some like wacky They almost made my list too. They yeah, were, that is yeah. some wacky stuff I almost forgot about because I did not have fun towards the end it's, it was a long discography but i did it i do remember it finally and they they were real close to be to making the list yeah their early stuff is very good close to devo but not exactly yeah it, it's close I, uh their early stuff felt more on the post-punk side yeah they're doing weird electronic stuff with punk stuff they, they are but something about something about this era of devo that was unlike anyone else they because they were like really trying to do to be something different they they taped a fucking big muff to their guitar kind mm-hmm. of shit and they wore the outfits and they danced like idiots <laughs> like and then and the hats of course performed on treadmills yeah performed on treadmills uh fun fucking band real rough rough end of <laughs> i mean the, from the fifth album onward it's pretty bad it's like yeah they, bad. 
they have two albums that I'm like, I get why those aren't streaming. Both of those are truly horrific. <laughs> and it's not even their only horrific albums. They have some unbelievably abysmal albums. And like the, some of Devo's albums are up there with the worst albums we've ever covered. For Dang, sure. That is a uh that's a bold statement. You tell me Shout isn't up there with one of the worst albums we've ever covered. <laughs> it might be, but <laughs> it's been so long. I can't say with confidence. Even, I forget which member, they were like, I we, I don't like talking about this era of the band. It's too dark. It's, yeah. too, it's too upsetting. Because uh, I think that's when they fell in love with some synthesizer and they stopped writing together. Yeah. Yeah. Feels the the organic component of the band goes away. 100%. Uh, but I still think it's one of the most underrated albums of all time and uh, the most underrated that we've covered. Uh, but what, what do you think? Uh, do you agree with these? Have you even heard these albums? What do you, what, what's your what most? Your underrated albums. And not the on the podcast or even not on the podcast. We can't cover every band, although we are trying. We slowly. are trying. Hence yeah. the name <laughs> That's the name. Uh, but leave your picks for all that and you know, all that and all that. And yeah, I guess I guess let's wrap it up. That was a nice, fun little dip down memory lane. Yes, sir. So thanks so much for watching and, and listening and hanging out. And like the video if you like it. Subscribe if you want to hang out longer. Talk some shit in the comments. Uh, yeah, of course, leave your picks for most underrated albums of all time and all the bands that you like and whatever. Uh, you can find me on all social media at Panda Monkey, and you can find Alex on Instagram at Every Album Alex. Hey, yeah. Uh, don't forget to follow our history guy, Tom Osmond, at Tom Osmond Sounds, uh, where he usually digs up a bunch of dirt for us on our, on our bigger episodes. Uh, and uh, I mean, I guess that's about it. We don't got much else to talk about. Yeah, that's nice, clean episode. Did we do a closing track for uh, our, our overrated albums? I don't remember i don't think we like did. why would we <laughs> I don't th why would we and for this one there's too many to pick from we're just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna sign off we'll be back next week with a full ass discography and that'll be enough yes so until then thank you so much for listening and watching see ya later